Kicked. This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Some people are asking me what the situation is in Indiana and Michigan. I haven't given you a dashboard update in a while, uh, so I'll do that here in just a second, especially in light of the news break covering Gretchen Whitmer, who suddenly wants to reopen the state of Michigan again after the election. Um, we'll, we'll get to that here in just a minute. No doubt they'll, they'll uh, credit masks and everything else too, which is weird because just like a week ago, they were telling everybody that they couldn't reopen because nobody was wearing a mask in Michigan, but I digress. I want to thank uh, R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. RBCarCompany.com is their website to go see their inventory and their special offers. So let's take a look at a couple of things here. First of all, let's dump on New York again. New York, which is now throwing vaccines away instead of giving them to people who desperately need them. And when you don't have anybody who the government says you have to give it to, you're not allowed to distribute the vaccines to the next tier of people like first responders. Okay. Democrats love playing that game. By the way, there is a police group that is calling out Democrats for their sudden love of law enforcement. It's really funny, but I digress. You got these first responders out there. You don't have any of the senior citizen people who meet the criteria. You've got first responders, doctors, nurses, and things like that that are in line in some of these areas in New York. And like, we don't have anybody else who meets the primary tier, but we do have people in the secondary tier. So instead of throwing the vaccine away, why don't we inoculate first responders and medical workers? That way, we're not wasting vaccines. And as a result, they were issued a fine by the state, and their their remaining stock of vaccines were taken away from them. That clinic can no longer distribute vaccines. Like, are you serious? This is all happening in New York under government decree. This is the state government. Their governor, Cuomo, is the one doing this. Now, something else interesting happened, and I didn't get to it a couple of days ago. Andrew Cuomo on Twitter, we simply cannot say closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. Excuse me? We will have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy, but we must do it smartly and safely. You horrendous pile of scum. I was told many years ago not to say scumbag on the air because it's off-putting to women. So what? Deal with it. He's human scum, people. He got senior citizens killed. Cuomo and Whitmer actually threw grandma off of a cliff. Figuratively. Actually, figuratively. There you go. That is as coherent as Dana Nessel talking about um, the banning of open-carried concealed weapons in the Capitol building. So this is, it's, (laughs) the election is over. And now Cuomo says, we can't remain closed. The state can't stay closed. We have to reopen now. What? I hope more people continue to leave New York. I hope more people continue to leave Chicago. I hope more people continue to leave Los Angeles. Now there's a dual-edged sword there. One of them is that I want, I want a mass exodus to force reform in those places. The other thing is crazy people who leave crazy tend to bring crazy with them. Know what I mean? And somebody who's from Las Vegas, Nevada, probably the most libertarian state the country even had, turned blue. Why? Because people from New York, people from Chicago, 
people from LA and people from Seattle moved there. They made a an affordable place to live, too expensive to buy a house, and they shifted all of the politics. And so there's a there's great fear that the migration away from those cities will export crazy to other places that are not crazy. So there's a there's a real fear that I have of that. So let's take a look at Michigan, since Gretchen Whitmer is out there like, we're going to be able to go sit in restaurants again. I hope so. You should have been able to sit in restaurants a long time ago. Do you realize in the state of Michigan, folks, cases have been declining in Michigan since November 10th? Like steadily and regularly since November 10th. They have been going down. November 10th was the peak. And they have been steadily going down since November 10th. So November 10th, what did they have here? Hold on a second. I'm trying to... Michigan's dash... You've heard me complain about the board before. Uh, so Michigan, in, in uh, on November 10th, they had 531 probable cases of COVID. Okay? That's by the date of onset. 531. That was their worst day of new cases of COVID. Now, again, this is the onset date. This is not the total number of infections in the state. It's just the date that it was onset. So that's the day that you actually got the virus. November 10th was the worst day in the state's history for the virus, 531 cases of onset of COVID that day, okay? So let's flash forward here. Let's uh, let's take a look at, which, which day is that? Well, why are you giving me grief here? Let's flash forward 20 days, all right? So 20 days, you got a decline in cases. Then right now, I mean, God, it is just absolutely bonkers how little it is when you look at the chart i mean it's like way up here it's like way down here their data is a little off but their chart i think is accurate so um all right yeah there we go i was looking at uh the probable cases versus confirmed okay so let's go back november 10th confirmed cases 9671 confirmed cases not probable cases we won't count the probables 9671 confirmed cases on november 10th my apologies i, I mixed up one of their data sets their again their chart is terrible so that is on november 10th 9,671, November 10th. All right, cool. Let's fast forward. Okay, let's take a look at what we have on, is this the 30th? Uh, this is the 23rd. 23rd is 8,977, so it's going down. It's going down. Then we're going to go fast forward again. Uh, we're going to go to December. <sighs> Come on, chart. What the heck, dude? December 7th, 6,087. And do you know where we are at now? 961. I mean, it went from like 9,000 to 961. 9,600 to 961 in that, in that time frame. Since November 10th. It is just, the chart is literally just doing this. Okay, that's a good thing. That's great. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. But you also have to wonder, I mean, we're back to where we were in May in Michigan. Why isn't everything open again? Now, let's look at Indiana. Indiana, different story, but still better. So in Indiana, the statewide positive case by cases by day, they have been down since uh, December 1st. Okay, so December 1st, total daily positive cases was 6,586. That's December 1st, okay? And we are currently... So let's do, yeah, so yesterday was 3,686. So again, tremendous difference. We went from, uh, well, December 2nd was even worse, sorry. You went from 84, 
8,432, okay, to, you know, um, 3,600. Huge improvement in the state of Indiana. Not as good as Michigan, but a huge improvement in the state of Indiana. Uh, really good. Now, the state of Indiana is not back to where they were in May. Michigan is slightly higher than they were in May, but they're back to where they were in May. Uh, just very slightly off, and they're trending heavily in the right direction. Uh, Indiana's kind of doing one of these things where, you know, the the roller coaster's going down, but there's just a little bit of a wave, you know, just a little bit that kind of perks up a little bit, then it goes back down again. But cumulatively, it's going down, which is great. That's great news for both states. Um, the vaccine distribution seems to be going pretty good. So the deaths in the state of Indiana are way better than they have been. In fact, the deaths in Indiana right now are back to where they were uh, back in April. So that's good. Um, now, only recently back to where they were in April, and we'll see if that continues. But again, great news. You know, if, uh, if that trend continues, then the number of people dying in Indiana are where they were in April. So that's, that's great. I mean, that's, you don't want the, the deaths are the only thing that really matters. That's it. And so when you look at the data, it's like Michigan should have opened a long time ago. Uh, I mean, we, we know why they didn't, but you know, they should have opened a long time ago. They just, they chose not to. Their debts are uh, Michigan's debts. And for the record, the debts in Michigan, this surge were never as high as the first surge in Michigan. They were always lower than the first surge. It lasted longer, but they were lower than they were in the first phase of the virus back in, in March and May. Um, but right now, the deaths in in Michigan are where they were um, back in August. So that's good news. Uh, things are going in the right direction in the state of Michigan. Uh, Indiana heading in the right direction, a little bit slower, uh, slower pace than Michigan. Now, if you're looking at the primary counties that we're dealing with in this radio audience, St. Uh, Joseph and Elkhart, uh, in St. Joseph County, the seven-day positivity rate is 14.3. That's up a little bit. Uh, then, and they're still in orange category. And then in Elkhart, it's at uh, the seven-day positivity rate is 16.13 which is up slightly as well. Um, but again, you know, and they're in red. So it's luckily deaths are better. That's the great thing. That's what everybody, everybody needs to pay attention to. The deaths are the most important thing by far. And as long as those continue to be trending in the right direction, then hopefully um, we can, we can uh, stop playing house and doing the face diaper thing. We'll see what, uh, what ends up happening. But I don't know. It's just, it's just bizarre. Uh, that reminds me, I've got to nuke this mask that was mailed to me. Somebody um, over at Notre Dame mailed me a mask with no note. Like the University of Notre Dame, one of their departments, mailed me a mask. And they didn't even wrap it. It wasn't sealed. It was just in the envelope, all filthy, dirty, and exposed to, <laughs> exposed to the elements. And so I, I put it in the garage because I'm like, either... I, I, somebody is trying to poison me. I, I half wonder if it has COVID attached to it. Um, I, no, I will. I'm going to shoot it and then set it on fire. I'm, no, I'm going to burn it. It's way out in my chemical room because I figure if, if the virus gets out of the mask, uh, then the chemicals will kill it. But it's like, what are you doing? When you buy my masks, they come in sealed plastic. 
they're sealed. When you mail them, there's no elements that are going to get into the mask. So when you get the mask, it is clean. Who put, especially from the University of Notre Dame, which is still having a COVID problem, why on earth would you put a mask in an envelope to mail to somebody and not put it in a sealed container? Even if it was just a Ziploc, for crying out loud. It wasn't even a foldable sandwich bag, people. I thought I thought people at Notre Dame were supposed to be smart. Now, there was no note. There was no credit claimed. So I'm assuming it was somebody at Notre Dame trying to poison me. That's what I assume. I have to assume that. I don't know if it's true, but I have to assume that because of the industry that I'm in. And anybody who sends me an unmarked, unlabeled envelope without a note is generally trying to poison you with anthrax or something. So there's a part of me that is just wondering who in this department at Notre Dame, I posted the department, uh, uh, I don't remember offhand which department it was. I posted it on Discord. I have to pull it up. But somebody in this department at Notre Dame is so silly, they didn't put the mask. They're probably trying to be nice. They're probably a fan. Uh, or it's some jerk. I don't know. But <laughs> who mails a mask to somebody without putting it in a sealed container? Who does that? Honestly, who who does? That? It's <laughs> that's a prominent medical and sciences school. All right, there you go. Hmm. Got more coming up. News Talk ninety five three, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thanks for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So uh, House has done impeachment again. Uh, it won't go to the, It won't really get anywhere in the Senate. Uh, th- again, not, not a real big surprise. Kind of knew it was going to go this way. I think, what, five Republicans were going to side with the, uh, the Democrats. But the Democrats had the numbers on their own anyway. So, it, and look, here's, here's the thing. I mean, this is what's so silly about this. Let me, I got tagged in a post the other day. I got tagged in a post by a listener um, who apparently I'm friends with on Facebook. Uh, by the way, there's a purge coming, just so you know. And and it was, I, I forget exactly what the post was. It really doesn't matter. Whatever. They were talking about everything that's kind of going on right now and how people are being treated and stuff like that. And some some lady popped on and commented and said, I'm sorry, but your president called for rioting at, in, in the Capitol and all of that other stuff. And of course, people commented and said, no, he didn't. He didn't call for any rioting. And then this person says, I heard him do it, or I saw him do it, or something like that. And now at this point, I'm getting, I'm getting ready to write a comment, and I delete it, and I go away, right? I'm like, I can't, I can't let it go. I just can't. So I posted the actual clip. Now, for the record, the time frame isn't right now it's possible that somebody was streaming his speech and that's how some people who are already at the capitol heard his speech but there wasn't enough time to listen to trump's speech and get to the capitol in order to breach the capitol it's, it's too far away now there might have been some people at the capitol who were streaming it right but I, I doubt that it was an en masse thing i don't know so the time frame is already wonky but if you listen to the speech, and of course, everybody, you know, hey, hey just show us where he actually uh, called for rioting and, and uh, breaching the Capitol. Go ahead, show it. Just show us where it is. Just go ahead. Show us. Show us. They can't. 
Do you know why they can't, ladies and gentlemen? Even if you hate Trump, folks, do you know why they can't show you that? Even if you believe it in your core that he said it, he did it, he did it. Nobody can actually show you any proof of it because it didn't happen. Again, just like he never told you to inject bleach in your body. And he never told you to drink fish tank cleaner. Those never happened. They're myths. They were conjured up out of thin air. They're not real. People still believe the stupid bleach injection thing. Why? Because Nancy Pelosi and other people are running around spreading the lie. It never happened. I have gone over that multiple times. Jonathan Carl with ABC News, two minutes after Trump was done speaking, asked a question of the general. Uh, you're not suggesting injecting bleach or anything in anybody like that. Trump comes running back up and says, I'm not saying that. Nobody is suggesting that. So if you were not paying attention, like Jonathan Carl at ABC News, even if you weren't paying attention and somehow your warped, twisted little brain told you that Trump said to inject bleach in your body to kill COVID, even if your twisted, tiny little brain conjured that up, he put it to bed two minutes later. Completely. No, nobody is saying that at all. I mean, <laughs> but it still persists. People still post to me about this all the time, and it never happened. So I posted a, a an actual video, the clip of the president, when he called for, we're going to go to the Capitol, and we're going to peacefully demonstrate and root on members of Congress to do the right thing. That's what he did. That was the phrase, folks. That was it. And I got news for you. It's okay to go to the Capitol and protest. In fact... Black Lives Matter has the Capitol surrounded at this very moment, screaming at police officers. Right now. Where's the news stories? You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to go to the Capitol. You're allowed to protest. You're even allowed to go inside the Capitol like the Women's March did and take over some aspects of the halls. It's not okay to get in fist fight things like that with law enforcement. That's not okay. And nobody has ever said that it was. But... <laughs> But and I told her, I was like, stop lying. Lying about him, lying about Republicans for the past 20, 30, 40 years, lying about his supporters, lying about all of the things that he never said as being said, lying about Russia collusion, all this other stuff. That's how we got the Capitol, by people continuing to fabricate nonsensical things. And now the House has voted for impeachment on something that didn't happen. And cowardly Republicans are backing it because they're trying to save their political careers. However, there's a real problem with this. I'm going to go over a tweet from Nancy Pelosi that maybe you haven't read yet and why this might be a little bit problematic for her. We're going to talk about that next on 95.3 MNC. All right. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, House of Representatives impeached Trump for something he didn't do. Um, and look, the position here is... It's it's rare to have an impeached president, but it's rare to have a president. I don't think it's ever happened twice. But the fact that you have a president who's been impeached twice for things that did happen, <laughs> I just I don't know I don't know what to say about that. The first impeachment, there was no crime. There was no criminality there. So he's impeached for a crime that doesn't exist. 
there wasn't even a quid pro quo that was there. So what did they argue? Oh, it was a read between the lines. Like, that what like Adam Schiff said. Now, yeah, okay. When the transcript came out, right, and the trans and everybody realized that, oh, hey, everything that Adam Schiff has been saying about the Ukrainian call is total bull. The transcript came out. Oh, who released the transcript again? That's right, Trump did. So, so the transcript comes out, and all of a sudden, everybody's looking at this and going, yeah, um you told us there was quid pro quo here, but there's no quid pro quo there. And so what does Adam Schiff do? He held that really awkward press conference where he says, you knew what he was was really saying. What? And that's not how the legal system works. And he never called for violence, ever. So what the justification is now is that by him saying that he thinks that he was cheated, in spite of actual evidence that there's some real problems, especially in Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin is probably his strongest case. The Again, I have to, I have to point this out. And the legislature in Wisconsin is furious with Mike Pence. Furious with him. Why? Because they sent him a letter about something that I've been telling you about Wisconsin from the very beginning. The Wisconsin Supreme Court established you could not use COVID as an excuse to be somebody who is destitute and kept in your home for injury. All right. Now, why is that important? Because Wisconsin has a voter ID law. You have to prove who you are before you vote. The only exception to that are people who are disabled and somehow forced to stay inside because of some disability or illness or something of that nature, right? It could even be an infirmity, right? Well, the Wisconsin courts determined COVID doesn't meet that qualification. So you can't say, well, I can't leave my home because of COVID and therefore I don't have to prove who I am with Wisconsin's voter ID law. So the courts in Wisconsin established that's not an excuse. You can't do that. So in that case, there was two issues in the, in the case that happened um, <clears throat> with uh, re- recently with the, uh, the, the Michigan um, election battle with Trump. This is after the election while they're battling everything. And the news was reporting that he lost his case in, in Wisconsin and everything else. But there was two issues and he won the other one. And in the other issue, the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that up to 20, or not 20, 200,000 ballots may be invalid because people illegally cast those ballots without verifying their identity by lying to the officials and saying that they were forced to stay in their home because of some disability or infirmity. But that was four to five times more people than had ever previously done it in the state with no major population change. So the opinion was, We think a bunch of people said that they don't have to prove who they are to vote by falsely claiming that they were disabled and couldn't leave their house and using COVID as an excuse. Now, you have to understand something. That is against the law. And anybody who cast a ballot in the state of Wisconsin using that logic cast an illegal ballot. And so what you would have to do, and you could do, and the vice president was asked to do, but he ignored it, is you could go to every one of those 200,000 people who cast those ballots, you could go to their house, and you could confirm if they were in fact disabled 
and qualified to not prove who they are to cast their ballot under Wisconsin law. Wouldn't have taken all that long to do. This is what one of the things that they wanted to do with the Republicans in the Senate who wanted to go ahead and have that 10-day period to go ahead and investigate some of these things. They were going to do that. So you just you send people out, you send government employees out to those people's houses, you know exactly who they are, you know where they live, you don't have to track anybody down. You go out there and you find out if they are in fact disabled to the point that they meet the qualifications of not having to abide by Wisconsin's voter ID law. And if that's the case, then you check them off as a legitimate ballot. If you find out that they're able-bodied, perfectly healthy people who chose not to verify their identity because they said COVID is keeping me inside, which the courts had already ruled would be illegal, then you toss their ballot because they committed election fraud. Really is that simple. And at the end of the day, either the number is accurate or the number is not accurate. What was a red flag for the the, uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court, almost said Michigan, sorry, was that it was four to five, I think it was four times higher than any previous election, the number of people who made the claim of that status to avoid voter identification. And that is a huge anomaly where you consistently for multiple election cycles over an extended period of time, you have a certain number of people who claim that they're at home disabled and can't meet the requirements of the voter ID law in the state. And they're casting their ballot under those guidelines. And then all of a sudden you have four times more people making the same claim out of thin air. That didn't pass the smell test, even with the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Trump won that case in his election battle. So the the Wisconsin legislature, okay, the legislature sent a letter to Mike Pence and said, you need to consider this before you accept the electors in the state of Wisconsin. Mike Pence ignored the letter and accepted the electors of the state of Wisconsin. Now, if he wins Wisconsin, does he win the election? No. Other things would have had to happen, even if the Wisconsin story was true. We've already proven that there's at least 3,500 invalid ballots in the state of Nevada that were illegally cast by immigrants. The DMV has already tracked this down. It's confirmed. So whether you think the fraud or the stealing or what have you, the anomalies, whether you think they amount to the total amount that Trump is trying to tell people or not really doesn't matter. You could say that he's inflating the actual invalid ballots or the fraud. Okay, I will accept that. I will accept that perhaps it wasn't a landslide election victory. Okay, I, there's no way for anybody to really know that. You know, there's some metrics and things like that that, that theorize that it was actually a landslide for him. But, you know, just for the sake of argument, maybe Trump's wrong about that. Maybe Trump is wrong about there being enough, enough invalid ballots or fraud to overturn that he would actually win the election. Okay, fair enough. But you've got about a thousand people who have signed legal affidavits sworn statements that they witnessed election fraud not accidental miscountings intentional deliberate fraud almost a thousand people every one of them if lying can be charged with a crime and thrown in jail how many of them have been charged with a crime and thrown in jail to date 
How many of them have been charged with filing a false report? You have a, you have a thousand people almost who are swearing under penalty of law that they witnessed personally with their own eyes fraudulent activity. As I said before, any criminal case, there isn't a prosecutor in the world who wouldn't take that as their evidence and nothing else. So is Trump inflating it? We don't know, but I'll go with it. Maybe he is. But there is an awful lot of credible information out there for fraudulent activity, invalid ballots, and state grievances about states' citizens being deprived of their rights as a result of other states changing their rules in violation of the, of the law. So those are some real things that should have been determined and should have been handled. If they had actually been looked at, if they had actually been investigated and shown to be complete garbage, and that, yeah, a thousand people are lying to everybody. Okay, those are some zealots, but all right. If that's the case, at least it was investigated and we can say, look, we looked at everything and I'm, I'm sorry that there's a thousand people that misled you with this nut job conspiracy, but they're all going to go to jail now because they lied and we, we proved that they lied. So we're going to charge them all. They're going to go to jail or pay a fine or whatever it is, um, you know, and we're sorry that they worked you all up, but, you know, the evidence simply doesn't doesn't exist. The problem is they never looked at it. So when people who are protesting at the Capitol, who are hoping for Mike Pence to to somehow not seat these electors uh, from these states, the idea was they were hoping that the stuff that had been alleged with credible physical evidence and eyewitnesses would at least be investigated and looked at. The reality is the country and the court system, they weren't interested in looking at it. Not because there wasn't any evidence. Any news outlet that tells you there's no evidence is lying to you. I don't care who they are. They're lying to you. There are mountains of physical documents, videotapes, almost a thousand eyewitnesses under penalty of law signing affidavits. That's not nothing. But I still think the Wisconsin case is so critical because that's actually a court ruling from the highest court in the state questioning why are there 200,000 people or so that didn't prove who they were to vote in the state of Wisconsin? That has never happened before. And we're not sure that those people met those qualifications to use those guidelines. At the very least, if nothing else, at the very least, the Wisconsin case should have been looked into. And that's a real problem. So yeah, you're going to get people who are angry about that. But when you go out there and go, well, Trump was responsible for inciting all of these people. Okay, he feels it. He was wrong. But it's all of this other stuff that are convincing people that Trump is right that he was wrong. And nobody bothered to even look at it, not just to verify it, but to destroy it. You know, part of the reason you look at these things and part of the reason we have criminal trials in this country is not to convict, but to exonerate. Nobody has proven all of that stuff false. Nobody has done that. That's imperative that everybody recognize. A lot of it hasn't been proven to be true, but nobody's proven it to be false. So it's just sitting out there irritating people. And that's kind of why, you know, you see this stuff blow up. So anybody out there, and that includes Representative Crenshaw, man, I'm really disappointed in what he said today, who's out there going, well, Trump was saying that he was wronged, and therefore that's what caused the riot, even though he specifically called for peace, and therefore that qualifies for impeachment. No, it doesn't. That's a perversion of the law, and everybody knows it. 
Now, Nancy Pelosi actually called for taking over the Capitol. Ho-ho. We'll get to that in a second. More coming up. 95.3 MNC.